that. He gathered his coat about him, hitched his scarf back up around his head, and took one last look back the way they had come. Bugger! His eyes followed their erratic footprints clearly marked in the virgin snow. That was bad. We haven't lost them, have we? Amy put her hat back on her head and shakily tried to stand. I can't see them, but they're there somewhere. Locke gripped Amy's coat and lifted her tiny frame. She tried to protest, but Locke was firm. You can't walk, so I will carry you. Amy didn't protest, even when Locke hoisted her unceremoniously up onto his back and started walking. This is your own fault, you know, Mr. Locke, she said. What is, miss? Locke said, adjusting the weight of the girl on his back. This situation, we should have done as I said, taken a boat and headed north across the Black Sea. The ports and the waterways are heavily patrolled, miss. Otherwise I would normally agree. This way, east and south, across country, means we have a better chance of avoiding capture. Well, that's not looking so bright, is it? Amy said. How long have those riders been on our heels? Nearly four weeks now? Never deviating, always close behind? Locke didn't answer her, but she did have a point. Their pursuers had stuck with them. I didn't need your help, you know. I was perfectly capable of escaping from that internment camp. Perhaps you were, miss. But I'm just following orders. That's what my father always tells my mother when he gets things wrong. Does he often get things wrong? Locke said. Frequently. He left me behind in Constantinople, didn't he? thinking there would be plenty of time for me to finish my schooling and then follow him and Maman to India. Be reasonable, miss. How could he know that the Turks would declare war when they did? It's his job to know, Mr. Locke. I think that's being rather unfair, Locke said. Maybe. Amy sniffed. Locke trudged on in silence. The cold was beginning to creep up from his already numb feet, but he had to ignore that. He had to just keep moving. But after a few paces he paused. He could feel the tremor of Amy's body through his back and realised that she was laughing softly to herself. Miss? Oh, it's nothing, just a childish thought. Go on, Locke said. Talk. It will keep us alert. He continued walking. I was thinking that this is not how I expected to see in the new year, that's all. What a relaxing hike in the mountains, Locke said. So what would a typical New Year be then, miss? Oh, some damned dull party. Mother and father love to entertain. Always a full social calendar for them, no matter where he's posted in the world. I'm sure they'll want to throw a big party when we get you safely back to India, to celebrate. Amy grunted. Yes, I expect so. She fell silent again, and Locke drifted off into a kind of trance, just listening to his breath rasping in his throat and to the scrunch of the snow beneath his feet. Tell me, Amy said after a while, have you done this before? Done what, miss? Rescued a woman. On occasion? Locke laboured onwards. Do you kill? To order, I mean, Amy said, breaking the silence once more. On occasion. Amy paused. What about dancing?
Do you dance? And don't say on occasion. Dance? Yes, you know, at balls and parties. I can't say I've been to many balls, miss. Well, I think you're right. My parents will probably throw a party, she said. Will you come? If it was more than just a celebration of my return, if it was, say, my birthday. Will it be? Your birthday? Not until March. I'll be eighteen, then. Can't avoid a party on one's eighteenth, I suppose. True. I'd like you to come if I do have a party. Would you, Mr. Locke? We'll see, miss. I'd like to dance with you. It may be a while before you dance on those feet, miss. Locke said. Oh, yes, I suppose. But what about your beau? Won't he be jealous if you dance?